Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. Band. This is the Piffles Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Alex. Wait, what's hey, where's, where's Steve? Where's Steve? Did, did, did we first Steve? invite him again? Oh, forget. Oh. For, well, okay. Forget on purpose. Okay. Okay. We kick Steve out, everybody. He sucks. He just sucks. He said he no, he's, he's dealing with the family business right now. So <laughs> the show must go on. We got to question his commitment here, Greg. Uh, yes, so I, I promised him an entire segment of his questioning his commitment. It's obviously lacking. End segment. We are End segment. Your, we are your Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Piffles Pod. You can follow me at Real Alex D. And follow me. Don't follow me. I don't care anymore. Greg on sports. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Piffles Podcast, and the website pifflespodcast.com. Of course, Piffles Pod. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. And we're also a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Greg, let's get to your favorite part of the show. Time for the opening kickoff. All right. So the big news out of Ryderville, Brendan Labatt, offensive lineman, will sit out 2021. He might come back. If COVID rules are relaxed, he's still under contract for 2022. He's not saying this is retirement, but he's not going to play in 2021. What was your reaction when you first heard that news, Greg? I wish I could take a year off my job and no one seemed to care. Um, Get some sort of stipend? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> it's, It tells you how far, like, how far this world has changed where a professional football player can just go, you know what? I'm not playing this year. Uh, I'm not retired, but uh, yeah, I'm not coming to camp either. See you guys. And everyone's like, okay, okay, so that's fair. <laughs> um, I don't know. I honestly think if if uh, Saskatchewan didn't have the Grey Cup in 2022 and they didn't, if they weren't supposed to have a really good team, he probably would just have flat out retired. But I guess he doesn't want to deal with the COVID restrictions the way the way the CFLs line him up. So. He, he took the year off. Other players have essentially taken years off. Derek Dennis is one. He says he didn't retire, but he's taken the year off too. So it's it's strange, but this is the world we live in right now. Yeah, my immediate reaction to that was, wow, that's huge news. Two, oh, crap. This O-line that we had some depth in, and even though it was a lot of young players, it's getting tested hard. And we're going to get to that. In the Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones, when we get to that, we're going to take a look at the Riders O-line heading into 2021. But uh, I just want to say for everyone that's posting right now about Brendan Labatt saying, oh, he's an anti-vaxxer and blah, 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 and, and everything. You don't know that. He might be pro-vaccine and doesn't want to be mixed in with the people that aren't vaccinated. Who knows? We don't really know. It's none of our business why he's taking this time off. So just chill on Brendan Labatt and just assuming things about him right now. 
So I saw that a whole bunch of that over the last few days. And that just really bugged me because who cares? It's a personal choice. He doesn't want to do it for whatever reason, whatever side of the spectrum he's on. doesn't matter. Who cares? Let him take the time off. And hopefully we see him back in 2022. Cause if there's anybody that could take almost essentially three calendar years off and come back and still be a very good offensive lineman, it's probably Brendan Labatt. And let's, let's be honest. He's at the tail end of his career. So if he w- does want to be on the field in 2022 when the Riders are hosting the Grey Cup, maybe, maybe it won't be that bad. I don't know. But, yeah, it puts a giant hole in our O-line. And speaking of, the, of that O-line, also, Kobe Cofield retired as well over the last week. So there goes uh, another starting offensive lineman. All of a sudden, the Riders are down two of them. And those yeah. – You know how we are talking about how it was smart for J.O. not to draft an offensive lineman this year? Or not not focus on the offensive line this year. <laughs> Remember how I said he has to take O lineman? Yeah, always yeah, take yeah. Always take O lineman. Always take O lineman. <laughs> a broken well, clock. Right twice a day, too. What's your point? That that I'm right twice. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Brandon Banks tweeted out, and I found this really interesting, Greg. Starting to think about this now. Do I really want to put myself in this situation for little to nothing? And this is a conversation that we've actually had on this show not too long ago, especially for American players getting paid in Canadian money to come up for a 14-game prorated salary, probably at a discount that he's already on just because the cap didn't move. And I'm curious as to how many more like, players are supposed to report to training camp here this upcoming weekend. How many guys are just going to say, you know what, it's not worth it for i mean brandon banks obviously not one of the guys making minimum wage in in the cfl but still for for a guy of his talent to say it's not worth it for me that's a big blow to the cfl we've already seen it like like i said you had Derek dennis chad jeter retired cofield retired you have all these guys that still have a lot of good football years in them that have decided to either take the year off or are flat out out of pro football. Like, Here's a lot of these American the, players. The names you mentioned, we know who they are and how good of players they are, but this is Brandon Banks. This is the most outstanding player. But you also got to look at it last year. Banks, before, even during the pandemic, was talking about not coming back anyway. Like, this is, this is nothing new coming from Brandon Banks. Like, there's going to be a lot of good players this year that – are just not going to come back. And yeah, Brandon Banks is most outstanding player, but what else is he going to do? Unfortunately right now, there's no other league he can go to right now. So either he's going to play in the CFL or he's going to sit out waiting for the USFL, the XFL, or hopefully get a shot at the, uh, uh, maybe get a shot at an NFL training camp, maybe. But if it hasn't happened yet, I don't think it's going to happen. It'll be really interesting to see over the next couple of days as players are scheduled to come up here to start their quarantine process. And uh, someone who's actually in quarantine right now, Jawan Breskison, is going to join us here in just a little bit. I'm looking forward to that interview. He's actually uh, in Chicago uh, just before he heads up to Toronto. Of course, he was a Calgary Stampede receiver, signed in 2020 with the Argos, and of course is returning back to them this year. Opening Ooh, kickoff. Signed with the Argos? Uh, well, they signed a couple more. Dexter McCoyle, 
And uh, I should have had it written down, and I'm blanking on it. Who is the other guy that they just Ricky signed? Collins. Former Ricky Collins. Ricky Collins. Coming out of retirement, too, apparently. It wasn't a, th- a, thousand, yeah, the, a thousand yard receiver that retired to, to go over to the Argos. Should we just give them the Grey Cup right now? Grey Cups are one on paper. Remember how everyone wanted, well, all Ryder fans wanted to award the 2015 Riders on uh, paper? And then Remember the 2016? And then the 2016? Yeah. <laughs> Kendall Lawrence, here we go. Great cup, yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah. That, that didn't work out so well. Yeah. The opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal Page Jenner Realty. Greg, let's get to the Churchill Brewing Company's odds and end zones, and let's take a look at the Riders O-line. We talked about Brendan Labatt retiring, Kobe Cofield retiring. Going into 2021, and this, I mean, the purge basically started in 2020 when Philip Blake and Darius Bladek went to Toronto Argonauts, of course, and then Dakota Shepley signed in the NFL. So basically, you're only really returning two starters in Taron Vaughn, and and he wasn't even the, he got bumped. He wasn't even the starter last year, as Cofield took his spot, and Dan Clark. So tentatively, right now you have Taron Vaughn, Brett Boyko, who we brought over from BC, Dan Clark, Evan Johnson from Ottawa, and I'm assuming probably in an American tackle. That's your starting five right now. That worries me because oh boy. Evan Johnson, we know he's a good one, but outside of that, it's a lot of question marks. Oh, come on. We got Josiah back. And <laughs> we were joking around before, and I was like, I'm serious, guys, that Josiah St. John right now is an important part of this team. Right now on paper, before we've even seen Matlin Riley, Logan Bandy, and, and Logan Ferlin this year, he's the sixth guy. Josiah St. John is your sixth O-lineman right now. And to me, that's worrisome. And, oh, believe me, I, I'm right there with you, but there's a lot of hype on Riley. Bandy tumbled down the draft, which has me a little worried. And, of course, me being a part of the Thunder, I know what Logan Furlan can do. I think he's going to shock a lot of people. The dude's a beast. So I'm, I'm okay with our young kids. I think they will develop. But problem is, though, do we have the time to let them develop? Because they need to be ready now. That And that's the problem is there's not a lot of ready now guys. And we have a quarterback who, God love Cody Fajardo, but the way that he scrambles. That blind and, left turn. Oh, I hope that's the one thing he worked on over the last year and a half is just to stop that altogether. Throw the ball out of bounds. Just get rid of it. Please stop doing that, Cody. Don't turn your back to the play. My goodness. Um, but you got a guy who runs around and, and – is very good when he runs, but when you're having brand new O-line mashed together that guys haven't even played together before, that's scary. And all it takes is for a young guy to have one bad game and that changes your entire season. I want to point out to Dan Clark and Banjo Bull. He froze up and that's what that's what got Darian killed. And unfortunately and I don't blame him for that. It happens. He became a decent, a really good uh, part of that O-line after that. But, yeah, those young guys, if you freeze up, that could cost you your season, as it did in uh, with the Riders in 2014. Now, I'm not too worried about the tackles. We'll have Vaughn and then another American 
I think Thaddeus Coleman even tweeted out, "Hey guys, I could uh, I could use a job right now." So maybe maybe they make a call to Thad if uh, some of these guys in camp don't uh, don't live up to what the the team wants them to be. But I'm not too worried about that. But it's I mean the starting lineup as we have it right now, it's not a bad lineup. But if an injury hits, I'm I'm not concerned about. The, about the American tackles. Those you can usually find a fairly decent one. The, the Canadian kids need will have to spit, pick up their game pretty fast. That's where it's going to end up being. Because you, you lose Boyko or Johnson, then you're really scrambling. Oh, we'll just wait for Toronto to cut one of their 50 O-linemen or whatever they have over there. Maybe we can get Playdeck back or Oh, one thing that I missed, another quarterback here in Ryderville, Paxton Lynch, first round of the Bell draft pick. I, I am so confused at what they're doing. Like, uh, I, I kind of tweeted out, the Riders are bringing in six quarterbacks. Your, your starter's set. Like, Cody ain't going anywhere as your starter. So you have five guys basically fighting for two spots because of the new quarterback rules. So and on the active roster, most teams are only going to have two quarterbacks. Yeah, like your third is maybe on your practice roster, but then anyone can pick them up. And we know they're high on Harker. We know they're high on Fine. And then they bought they got what Falk, Flacco, and now Lynch. I, I'm so confused. I, I, I'm baffled at what, what's going on here. Like, nothing's wrong with competition, but I, I just don't see Flacco or Falk or Lynch being here. I think you'd want to concentrate on Harker and fine, but what do I know? Well, all I know is that Paxton Lynch, absolute bust. He was a guy that John Elway traded up for in the NFL draft, took him in the first round, and ended up getting beat out by Trevor Simeon, a seventh-round pick. Yeah, on my Denver Broncos. I'm, uh, that's why I'm not excited about this pickup. I laughed. I had so much fun when this announcement got made. I was like, are you kidding me? This is the guy that they're bringing in? He played five games in the NFL. The, the, be- the best thing that I found out was that he has the same agent as Vince Young. I'm like, there you go. There's the title. <laughs> and, and they probably called Chris Jones up and be like, hey, what's that Saskatchewan place like? And yeah. Probably we'll some Chris Jones. <laughs> they phone Chris Jones. Well, let me get you Jo's phone number. Well, there's the Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. And right now, I'm excited for this. Jawan Breskison here on the Pipples Podcast, of course, receiver for the Toronto Argonauts. Jawan, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I feel like I'm kind of behind enemy lines here because I know this is a Saskatchewan Rough Riders podcast, but um, I'm really happy to be here. Well, don't tell anybody. I'm wearing a red shirt right now, and uh, <laughs> so I know you have a little bit of a the red ties over with your Calgary Stampeders days. Yes, and uh, that's where we're going to start. Actually, is uh, is leaving Calgary. Uh, your decision to go to Toronto in 2020, of course, the season being canceled last year. But I know you're from Mississauga and the Toronto area. What does it mean to to leave a, a very good team with Calgary to going back home to Toronto? Yeah, so I mean, there there was a lot of different factors as far as leaving um, Calgary to to go to Toronto. Um, you know, I I was I mainly I wanted to be home. 
Um, I was I was getting, you know, I'm getting older. Put that in quotations as an athlete. Um, and I've been away from home since I was 15 years old. I went to a military academy in Indiana. Then I got a scholarship to go play football in Northern Illinois. Then I got drafted to Calgary. So I wasn't home for a, a very good amount of time. And um, I, you know, decided to come home, play for home, and also just bring the um, experience and knowledge that I got from Calgary and being in, in that great organization and, and bring it to Toronto and, and hopefully turn things around in the city, um, but also for the, the uh, Toronto Argonauts as well. And, um, you know, I, I didn't expect to have this these many familiar faces on my team from Calgary, but um, I'm definitely happy to have those guys. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to, to be playing at home, no matter the circumstances. Being a, a local boy, so to speak, and well, you've heard the jokes made about Toronto and their fan base and the lack of it. What do you what do you think that it was going to take to get the Argos to mean something in Toronto again? Um, well, I, that's a that's a pretty layered question. I would say I would say definitely winning, um, because I think when uh, when actually they played Saskatchewan back in I think was it twenty seventeen, yeah twenty seventeen. They had a pretty good uh, crowd for the playoffs, and um, I, it was actually pretty impressive. And then when they won the Grey Cup, they had a pretty decent um, crowd for, for that. So, you know, you, you always hear everybody loves a winner. So I think um, starting with winning would be um, great and, and being consistent because uh, they won the Grey Cup. And then the next year, I think they were one of the worst teams in the league. So having <laughs> having those ups and downs is uh is not good for a fan base and then also just marketing and, and getting in touch with like the younger crowd and bringing and, and making it cool to be at an Argos game. Um, because I know growing up, it was fun to be at an Argos game. I remember watching the 2010 or 2012 great cup. They had Justin Bieber performing and it was crazy there. And, um, you know, I remember growing up as well, being a Raptors fan and, nobody was at the games and now the Raptors games are place are the place to be. So um, I think definitely winning and just uh, marketing and maybe having some hometown faces that attract more uh, fans to the game. Cause I know my family's going to roll deep. I'll probably have like 150 people at every game. <laughs> so, yeah. So you ended the 2019 season with an injury, ended up missing pretty much the second and third quarter of the season. Um, how was it an easy decision for you to uh, sign back in 2020 and then again in 2021 here coming back and playing football after, you know, it's going to be two calendar years without you playing. So was there a lot of that weighing in uh, on you? So for me, just ending the 2019 season the way I did, I was definitely uh... – you know, it, 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 I took it pretty hard because I was off to one of my best uh, seasons in my career in the CFL. And um, I really felt like I had more opportunity that year in, in the Calgary um, system, which is why I felt like I was I was doing better. And then um, when I signed to Toronto, it, it just really came down to um, I felt like I would have more of an opportunity to have more of an impact on the offense. And that's all I've ever really wanted. And uh, being familiar with Coach Dinwiddie and, and the offense that he was bringing, I felt like it was just a perfect fit for me. And then in 
signing back this year is basically the same thing. I never, I didn't change my mind on where I wanted to be. And, um, you know, I was just looking forward to, to playing back home and, um, you know, playing for the, for the double blue. So obviously with 2020 and the pandemic and going into 2021 here, uh, you, all the players are in quarantine. How are you, how are you going to spend your time here in the next two weeks? Um, I, it's funny. I was actually talking to my, to my girlfriend about it. Um, I said, I'm going to probably spend more time, you know, trying to stay in shape as much as possible, whether it be body weight exercises or dump free weight dumbbell stuff. Um, I don't know how much running I can do in the apartment, but, um, I'll try and keep my legs moving. Um, Is but then, yeah, <laughs> but then also, um, you know, not only keeping my um, physical, you know, like keeping my body in shape, but also keeping my mind um, sharp. So going over the playbook, um, reading books, listening to podcasts, maybe a little bit of meditation, um, stuff like that. So um, just um, making the most of it. But at the same time, it's it's different from last year because we actually know that we're going to be going into training camp. So I feel like that's the biggest factor. Um, last year we were we were at home and the gyms were shut down. We were trying to figure out how to work out with no vision of when the season would start. Um, so I feel like having a start date now um, changes that aspect of things. Now I'm, I see a lot of people react on social media, basically saying to the players, "Suck it up! You're playing. You're getting paid to play a game." Just do your quarantine, blah, 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 and just play. But I want to turn that into the, the mental health side of things because especially here in the CFL, like you're back, you're back home, so it might be a little bit different uh, just being able to have family at home. But for a lot, especially American players or guys going across the country, what's it like for a guy to be away from his family for so long? And then like what, what does that take do, do to a guy's mental health when you're trying to play football professionally? Yeah. Um, so I, I go through that a little bit just because I do have a girlfriend in Chicago. I'm in Chicago right now and um, I've been we've been together this whole off offseason um, and to leave her for five to six months is going to be tough, especially if the border isn't open. So I can only imagine what the um, U.S. players feel when they when they're leaving kids and wives behind and don't have the opportunity to go um home like i'm leaving my girlfriend but then i'm going home right so that softens the blow a little bit but at the same time like it, you're still leaving someone that you care about behind right so um i i think it's definitely tough because uh, there's so many different factors uh nobody's spot on a roster is guaranteed so you may leave get cut and have to go back home figure things out so it's not just as simple as you know um quarantine and and you're getting paid because none of us are guaranteed to get paid until the first game really right so there's a lot of sacrifices to be made and it's not just as simple as just leaving and going and play football and it's never really been that easy um especially for the guys who are probably working nine to five jobs and had to make that um decision to leave that job and go and play uh football possibly um so you know, I, I think that the fans have gotten a better understanding of, of all the work and sacrifices we make to, you know, 
um, play the sport that we love and the sport that they love to watch. Well, it'd definitely be a lot easier to make the team if Pinball and John Murphy would quit signing everybody. Um, what what is with their pitch and how like what kind of team are you guys going to roll out when it's all said and done here? Honestly, the way I look at it is whoever's on the roster is supposed to be on the roster and they're the best person for the job. Um, I think everybody is heading into camp knowing that each position has you know, is pretty deep um, for the most part on paper. Uh, and like I said, you're, we're going to be competing every day and whoever's starting or whoever makes a team is, is meant to be on the team. And um, I think it's going to be like that for every team, but I just think we have the most, um, I guess, name players on, in the CFL and some from the NFL as well. So Riders coach Craig Dickinson said uh, just, just last week that don't be surprised to see a lot of big name cuts, guys, you know, vets coming into camp thinking they have a roster spot kind of locked up, but then a younger guy is going to come and just take their spot because they're more ready and they did, they put in the work in the offseason. What did Jawan Breskison do in 2020 to, I guess, rehab from the injury that you had, but also to stay at the top of your game so that a younger guy doesn't come and take your spot? Um, I honestly just worked really hard. Um, the 2020 um, off or go, going into the 2020 off season, I'm sorry, season, I was doing two a days. I was re rehabbing my knee and I was working out as well. So um, I was really, um, I was working really hard. And then this off season, I was just um, doing the same thing really, but um, me being able to fully come back healthy from my knee injury and, and be ready plus have extra time, I feel like um, made a really big difference for me. And I realized that I wasn't really competing with anybody else. I was just competing with myself. So I just was just trying to come in or I, or I am trying to come in just the best version of myself. Um, so I'm not really worried about what the younger guys are doing or anything because I know that I've put in the work so far. Uh, me and Devaris Daniels have been, were in Chicago training together and we were pushing each other. So um, I feel like I did everything I could to, to be ready for the season. Uh, Devaris Daniels, one of your uh, former staff's uh, colleagues, and it wouldn't be a Saskatchewan podcast unless we ask about Saskatchewan's favorite stampede or Bo Levi Mitchell. <laughs> he is very polarizing to, I guess, everyone outside of Calgary. What's he really like? Bob Bo's a good dude. He, um, you know, uh, obviously he's a, a great quarterback. He's a great football player, very smart. Um, but he's outside of the locker room. He's a good guy. Um, he's fun to be around. And he, um, you know, he's just always just bringing people together and making sure everybody's okay. And, um, you know, I remember going to Calgary as a rookie and, he was probably one of the first people to tweet at me when I got drafted saying he was excited to have me. And I thought that was really cool because he's the starting quarterback. And, um, when I got there, he expected a lot from me. Um, and you know, I, I tried to deliver as much as I could when I, when I was given the opportunity and we formed a pretty good relationship. So we still keep in touch. Um, it was definitely kind of sad to to leave him because I know that he, um, he really liked me as a player and as a person. Um, but I think he has a bad rap in Sask, um, even though a, a, ba a bad rep in Sask. But um, I uh, 
I think if people got to know him in Saskatchewan, they'd realize that he's actually a good dude. <laughs> I'll come out and say it. I'm one of the few, very few here in Saskatchewan that actually really do love watching Bo play because you watch him play, he's something special. Um, but I want to go away from football for a little bit. Why was Carlos Delgado your favorite Blue Jay? Um, that's a good question. I just remember just going to those games at the Sky Dome and just watching him hit home runs. And I don't know. I just felt like every time I watched Blue Jay highlights or I went to a game, he was just hitting home runs. And everybody likes to see home runs. Um, so I just um, was like, that's my guy. Till this day, he's still he's still my favorite guy. So um him him and I and I was a Vernon Wells fan as well so I was sad to see him leave the Blue Jays um but Carlos Delgado yeah he's not talked about enough when it comes to the Blue Jays I too was a fan of Vernon Wells but I hated his contract yeah that was a <laughs> that was a doozy <laughs> and th- and should have got a job for life unloading that into contract yeah for sure and and I was a big um, Roy Holiday fan, Holiday fan as well. Yeah. So what's your well, take on the Jays right now? On the Jays, I mean they're they're doing really well. I feel like they um, have you know one of the best young cores, and they're they're really exciting to watch. Um, I remember that that year that Joy uh, Jose Batista had the bat flip. I was in Illinois. I was talking so much junk. And, um, you know, they fell short of the goal, but I just remember um, being at an away game for the, no, the next year, I think they went to the playoffs as well. And I was in Calgary and I was in Toronto and during a playoff game. And I think they won the playoff game. The city was just, the vibe was crazy there. And I just remember that. And I, it was, it was like contagious. It was, it was a great feeling. Um, I missed the Raptors parade. That was unfortunate. Um, but How'd you missed uh, that that thing lasted for like three days. So it's funny <laughs> because I'm pretty sure we were on a bye week in, in Calgary and I went to go, like I was going to fly in just for the parade. And I think tickets were like $600 and I'm like, there's no way I can do this. But, um, I kind of regret it because it was a great moment in, in history. Now, Capes for Kids, you did a charity live stream um, raising money earlier this year for uh, a children's hospital in, in Toronto. I, I understand that this is a, a pretty big thing for you is to, uh, to be involved in the community and to, and to help out. Uh, just kind of explain how, what that was about and, and what your plans are to uh, help the community in Toronto. Yeah, I would say that's probably one of the um, layers to why I came home and it, it was to kind of just um, give back to the community any way that I can in the GTA, so the greater Toronto area. And um, the first thing that I did when I signed to Toronto is I just started asking around about community initiatives and just told them that I really wanted to be involved. I know they have a lot of great um, Toronto uh, Argonaut ambassadors um, that do a lot of community work, like uh, Declan Cross, Alden Darby, Jamal Campbell. They do a lot of great things in the community. So I just wanted to be one of those hometown kids that gave uh, gave back to the community and um, Twitch streaming was something that I just started as a hobby and it's still a hobby. I still really enjoy it and I, and I stuck with it. Um, and I just wanted to use my platform to help others. And um, 
Julia, she coordinates um, our charity stuff with the Argos. And she basically asks me anytime that there is an opportunity to, to do that stuff and I take it. Um, so Holland Blurview's um, initiative, Holland Blur, yeah, their initiative um, for kids with disabilities uh, was a great opportunity for me. And we ended up raising about $6,000 when the original goal was a thousand. Um, so I was really happy with how that turned out. So uh, you and I, a while back, were talking about Warzone and how much I suck at it. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of CFL players are, uh, play it. So who's the worst CFL player at Warzone and why is it Charleston Hughes? <laughs> I was going to say I, um, I, I, I was asked this question earlier and I'm still sticking with Charleston Hughes. Um, great guy. He, he's fun to have on the stream. He's fun to play the games with, but he just – he's oblivious sometimes he he doesn't know what's going on he might go um he might be cooking while he's playing and have to go pull something out the oven and just randomly disappear for like 20 minutes and you're like dude i needed you so he's not really reliable sometimes but um it's never a dull moment when you're on the game with hughes so what who's, other the games are you who's the best yeah um i said um the best you're i'm um, best player that I played with was actually a uh, ex-rider um, Brandon Bridge he's pretty good and he's a cop now so I don't know if there's a correlation between that but um, yeah I've been giving him a lot of credit today so I hope it doesn't get to his head but he's probably the the best uh, Call of Duty player that I've played with what other games are you playing I play war I play uh, so Warzone I play Grand Theft Auto, I play MLB. Um, what else do I play? FIFA. I used to play 2K a lot. Um, I try everything. I, I really give everything a try and um, stick with what I like. So those are those are the main ones that I've been playing. And uh, I got one last one here for you, Juwan. And this might be the most important question that you're going to get asked in your whole quarantine period. Are you a dog or a cat guy? Oh, I'm a dog guy. I'm a dog guy for sure. I actually want to get a Italian Mastiff, a Cane Corso. So um, that's on my to-do list. And I'm allergic to cats. And me and cats don't have the best relationship. They scratch my <laughs> ankles a lot. So I don't really like that. <laughs> so definitely a dog guy. But I have, no, uh, there, I have nothing against cat people. I think the entire time we've asked that question, we've only ever had one cat guy, and that was Pete Diakowski. That's interesting. <laughs> explains a lot when you talk to pete though doesn't it i haven't had that many conversations no. with him no. but um i i i feel like there's a lot more cat guys in the cfl than you'd probably expect i love that that's a trait you know cat guys. <laughs> yeah. that guy there is definitely a cat guy yeah they're a little different they have a little <laughs> different perspective on life but um more power to them well juan thanks so much for joining us here on the pibbles podcast from uh from chicago and uh safe travels up to toronto and uh we can't wait to see everybody get back on the field here in july and best of luck this year thank you thank you very much all right one more thing before we go here greg time for pibbles memories where we get one game from somebody they tell us what game it is and we have to tell what we remember about that game and this week's game we're not going back very far july 1st 2019 
It was Cody Fajardo's first start at home. It was the home opener of the last season. What do you remember from that game, Greg? Do we have a thing about rain games? Like, this is the second one in a row. Do we, do we just love the rainy nights? Do I need to start singing Eddie Rabbit again or what? Some of the best moments that we've had here in, uh, in Rotterville are after or during rain delays. I, that, that's the first thing I saw when I saw this. I'm like, what? we're doing another like rain delay, but I'll never forget this one because this is when this is the first time I've ever seen them post the new rules for the rain delay. And we're all chuckling like, that's never going to happen. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure that'll be the next game we talk about. But anyway, <laughs> no, like Cody, like everyone, because I'll never forget going into that season. or sorry, going into that game because, and I did, and I did this, I was expecting Harker to actually beat him out, which I hate to admit that. But everyone, because I, I pre-made a Harker mania design to put in the Piffle shop. <laughs> Because I was going to jump on it when it was hot. And Cody lit the Argos up. And if it wasn't for that rain delay, he probably would have threw for over 500 yards that game. I remember just it being loud. It was it was Canada Day, so that brought uh, a little bit more attention to the game than normal. But yeah, that big, long touchdown pass to Kyron Moore where he split two defenders, what was that, 97 yards or 87 yeah. yards, whatever it was. Uh, I remember that one and thinking, damn, this guy, this guy can play. Because we saw that first game where he came in to replace Zach Caleros in 2019. He, uh, he he was fine in that first game in relief. The second game, he was quite good against Ottawa, albeit the defense couldn't stop anything that game. But we saw that he could air the ball out in this game here. He did it again and threw for over 400 yards. And this, this game just told me they have their guy. They finally have their guy. And sure enough, it was a thing, sign of things to come. And I just remember everybody just hanging out in the concourse as the, uh, the lightning delay and the rain delay happened. And uh, just, uh, I remember Amy was like, geez, we should go because we just, our dog was still young then and we didn't want to leave her alone for too long and whatnot. And yeah, I just, no, 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 we'll stay. And then glad we did because it turned out to be a good rider victory that day. And well, and like Cody had, he threw for 400 yards, but he had 293 at the first half at the end of the first half. And that was a, uh, a shortened first half because they moved the final six minutes onto the second half. Like he, like they absolutely lit up, the uh, Argos there like it's yeah that that was the coming out party for Cody well maybe the August uh, game against the Ticats was the one that cemented him as a star but that definitely the Canada game opened up a lot of eyeballs yeah 32 to 7 they won and I just remember that game being the one where hey we got something here with this guy and it sure set the tone for the rest of the season to go 13 and five and win first place in the West division. So keep on sending in your game requests. We'll go through, remember what we can remember about some of these games. A lot of these, I'm looking at the list that we have here. They're 2007, 2008, 2009. I'll level with you. I don't remember much of those games uh, for some of them anyway. Section 27. And remember guys, they don't need to involve rain delays. We don't need to have <laughs> regulars every week. 
wasn't there one year? I forget what year it was. Maybe it was 2015 or might have, might have been 2014, but just all the games up until Labor Day were just junk weather. It was rain every single game. And then I think uh, Labor 2014 because um, the home opener against the Thai Cats yep, was, was an absolute monsoon. That was an absolute monsoon. And I, I actually I said screw it and I upgraded my tickets to Pilsner Place that day. The day of, because before the rain started, because I'm inside. like, I am not sitting in this, because I know exactly what's going to happen. And the that's when they're shooting the uh, corner gas, the movie. I'm, I'm, you're getting a bonus memory, guys. Uh, that's when they're doing the corner gas, the movie. So the entire uh, cast was in the Pilsner place that day, uh, as was Dutchie, and as was uh, uh, Jay and Dan. It was a good time. There you go. All right, we'll send in those uh, those games you want to reminisce with us here on the Pibbles Podcast, and we'll get to those throughout the season. But right now, I think that's going to do it for us this week, Greg, as uh, we look forward to seeing players come and uh, quarantine and get training camp started in about a week and a half. So we're finally, we're finally there where we're going to get some sort of football, even though training camps are terrible and boring and everyone looks good and everybody looks bad and, yeah training camps can we just be honest why steve's not here he's uh he, he is good take following the solidarity with brennan labatt probably didn't like the rules that we put in place for him to be on the show exactly and uh yeah he just decided no can't do it steve's, not coming back until, steve, steve's on a strike until brennan labatt comes back <laughs> well steve that was fun uh <laughs> again we're the Piffles Podcast. We're brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks go out to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support to make this show possible. Check out that new Churchill Brewing Company beer that's out there right now. Lawn mower that uh, looks pretty interesting. I'm gonna have to give that one uh, give that one a little test here coming up. Yeah, I, I can't wait to try it. I'm actually pretty excited about that one. Well, as we leave you, this is Tyler Gilbert, Ghost Behind Your Mind. Circle.